0: Welcome to Illum Radio, a different kind of oldies program that celebrates the tremendous talent of the thousands of people who provided news and entertainment to listeners through the only form of immediate mass media available in their homes during the American Golden Age of Radio, roughly from 1930 through the 1940s. This podcast originates from the seacoast of New Hampshire, and I am your host, John Lovering. Thanking you for listening. Now let's turn back the clock and introduce the rebroadcast of this track's featured program.
1: Well, sir, it's a few minutes past 10.30 o'clock in the evening as our scene opens now, and here in the living room of the small house halfway up in the next block, we find Mr. and Mrs. Victor Gook. Vic is established in his easy chair reading with absorption Volume 7 of his Lodge Library, Sade occupies a corner of the Davenport, industriously darning socks. Silence has prevailed for a considerable length of time, but now it's broken.
2: Leave, I'll go to bed. What time is it? Getting on for eleven. Really? Thirty-five minutes past ten, anyway. I've got a big day planned for tomorrow and need my rest.
3: What's on the docket for tomorrow?
2: This house. Been neglecting it lately. Dining room is the big issue. I bet there's dust nine feet thick behind that buffet.
1: Mm.
2: You know, I wouldn't be surprised, but what most housekeepers. Listen. What's the matter?
3: Heard the back door open.
2: Brushes out there.
3: So, do you hit the hay? Uh
2: uh-uh. uh. Said he was going to
4: drink the Hey, Uncle milk. Fletcher just walked in. Oh, well. Fletcher? Good evening. Good evening. Oh, my.
2: It's time. Good evening. It's getting on for 11 o'clock. Dandy time to drop in for a visit.
4: Evening, Sadie.
2: Oh, good evening, Uncle Fletcher. I'm tired.
3: Well, you can go to bed. Daddy, we're
2: supposed to work mapped out for in the morning.
3: Probably. He's only stopping by a minute or two to say hello on his way home.
4: I hope so. Well! I didn't know what what you people had retired. So light's burning in both the kitchen and the living room, though, so I figured everybody was still on deck.
3: We're on deck
4: and feeling fine? You're out late. Yes, I'm out late. I'm out late, Sadie, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Going to meet a trade. Oh, really? At 1 o'clock.
2: 1 o'clock this morning?
4: Going to meet a train at 1 o'clock this morning. CNA Depot. Mrs. trogle. Mrs. Trogel? Mrs. Alvy Trogle, that lives in the 700 block on West Monroe Street. Yeah. She's spending a day in Chicago. Her train don't get in until 1 o'clock. I saw Alvy earlier this evening and he was bothered because he has to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to do some special work at the shops, and needs all the rest he can get. But don't like the idea of going to bed and letting his wife come home from the station all by herself so late at night. I said, Thunder, Alvy, I'll, I'll meet the train. I'll look after the missus. Well, that was nice of you. Yes, yes, it was. One o'clock's quite a long ways from now. You're a good boy, Rush. Thanks.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, Rush mentioned just now it's a quite a little while till one o'clock. Rush
4: and... is a good boy.
2: Yes, um, how do you plan to put in the time till the train arrives?
4: What in the time? Well, I thought I'd chat with you folks a little bit and then amble down to the station. One o'clock will roll around before I know it. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, that's the way it goes. I've got to go to bed today, Go ahead. How's that, Vic? I was going to inquire about the big envelope you got there. Oh, this. Uh-huh. A few articles I dug out of my trunk after supper this evening. Thought you folks would be interested. (laughs) More photographs and snapshots. Oh, no,
3: not more photographs.
4: Uh, Photographs and
3: snapshots,
4: Uncle Fletcher? Christmas cards by George. You're not selling them? Fine. Here, I'll open my envelope. You're not selling Christmas cards, are you, Uncle Fletcher? Oh, no. These are old ones I dug up out of my trunk. Different than the kind people send nowadays. That Idy Rush here might enjoy looking at old-fashioned Christmas cards. I would. Uh-huh. No, I'll put in the time all right till Mrs. Trogo's train pulls in. Be one o'clock before I know it. I'm not going to stay. You don't have to. Now, this is a Christmas card from James S. Dred. I'm going to bed. the well, bag. along. Christmas card from James S. Dredge. Very nice. Says here, with best wishes for a happy holiday season to Edna Gus Arthur and Bug Eye. James S. Dredge. A lot of lace work on that card. Yes, yes indeed. Years ago they put more lace work on Christmas cards than a horse. Who's that the Gus Arthur and Bug Eye? (laughs) I don't know. Well, here, Russ, you can have this Christmas card. Say, thanks. I accept with pleasure. Oh now keep it, it's yours. Paste it on the looking glass over your dresser. (laughs) Okay. Sure. Excuse you, sir. I'm going up to bed. I will in a second. Christmas card by George from U.Q. Tuttle. Angels made out of tinfoil pasted all over. Angels made out of tinfoil pasted all over. Very handsome card. Who's U.Q. Tuttle? (laughs) I don't know. Wishing Fletcher Rush a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year with fond memories of our jolly times together in Boone, Iowa. U.Q. Tuttle. Hey, I've never been in Boone, Iowa. No, that's what you said the other day. You said, never yeah. been in Boone, Iowa in my life. Been to Stanwood, been to Sioux City, been to Tomah. Never quite hit Boone. Some mistake here. Sadie, who's you, Q Tuttle? Well,
2: not I have any idea. Say, Uncle Fletcher, if you don't mind, I... Says we
4: had jolly times together in Boone. I never been in Boone.
2: Uncle Fletcher, would you mind if I excused myself and went upstairs? I'm very tired and feel like I ought to get...
4: Fine. uh-huh. No, I've never been in mood.
2: Uncle Fletcher? Yes, Sadie? I think i better excuse myself and go to bed. Sure, do that. I'm just terrible tired. You bet. Run
4: right along.
2: I've got oceans of housework laid out for in the morning, and I think maybe it'd be best... If... I
4: understand just how it is. Don't blame you a bit. You run right along and hit the hay. Oh. Uh-huh. All come, right. I'll tell Mrs. Trobo hello for you at the depot. Yes, do that. Oh, I've never been boo. Where's you, cute Tuttle? Get that noise I've been in boo. not see. Must be some half-wit. Here, Rush. Give it to me. Paste it on your looking glass. Okay.
2: Well... Good night, everybody.
3: Good night, Sadie.
2: Don't you and Rush stay up all night?
3: Coming upstairs myself in a minute. Night, Mom.
2: Night, Sonny. Good night, Uncle Fletcher.
4: This is a Christmas card from George Yeapley. Good
2: night, Uncle Fletcher.
4: George Yeapley's not a familiar name either. I don't recollect any George Yeapley. Well, Mom's telling you good night. Who is? Mom. She's telling you good night. She's going to bed. Oh, good night, Sadie. Good night. you later on in the week. No, I never was acquainted with any George Yipley. No George Yipper and a George Wheatman, but no George Yipley. <laughs> night, say. Hi. what you say, babe? Just tell him, say night. Oh, night. Here. Give me this one, too? Sure. Thanks.
3: Say, uh, Uncle Fletcher, I believe I'll desert the party also. I got a big day at the office tomorrow, and I sure think I must...
4: you bet trot right along. I don't like to shirk my duties as a host. Forget it, Rush. Here's a Christmas card that must have cost fifty cents.
0: Really?
4: At least fifty cents. I don't know who sent it, by George. From Eleanor Sweeting. It says down here at the bottom, but I never was acquainted with any Eleanor Sweeting.
3: Huh. Well, night, fellas. Night, huh? Good
4: night, Uncle fetch. Oh, I never was acquainted with any Eleanor Sweeting. I remember when I received this card. It was 20 years ago. Good
3: night, Uncle
4: Fetchy. I was living in Belvedere at the time. Now, whether this young lady admired me from the sidelines or not, I could... telling you good night. What? Gus telling you good night. Oh, night, Vic. Good night. You coming along shortly, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, whether this young lady, Eleanor Sweeting, admired me from the sidelines or not, I couldn't say. She might have taken a shine to me and decided to send me a Christmas card under an assumed name, let's see. Uh Because I inquired around Deer there. Uh I asked people, asked a lot of people. Know anybody in town here named Eleanor Sweeting, let's see? But nobody placed the name. Either the young lady sent me this Christmas card under an assumed name, or else there actually was an Eleanor Sweeting, and she lived out in the country somewhere. Here.
1: Thanks.
4: Now, let's see what we got. Mm. Christmas card from Ed Nyergarth and Charlie Slime. Mm. The curious thing about this particular Christmas card, I know Ed Nyergarth like I know my own brother, but who in thunder Charlie Slime is, I have not the faintest idea.
0: Mm.
4: Ed Nyergarth and myself perked together at Weber's Grocery Store on the city limits of Sterling, Illinois. Ed was a great hand for eating popcorn late at night. Popped his old popcorn, kept it in his bedroom. You like popcorn yourself, pretty much, don't you, Rush? Ed and I guys would rather eat popcorn than apple pie. Well, popcorn's good. We agree on that, don't we, Rush? Rush, you sleep, Rush. Rush. Boys asleep. To Fletcher Rush from August and Henrietta Fisherley. Who oh, and Sanders August and Henrietta Fishery.
1: Which concludes another brief interlude at the small house halfway up the next block.
0: Are you suffering from toothaches? Do you fear the dentist? Can you afford the cost of a dental visit? Well the Lloyd Manufacturing Company of Albany, New York has a solution to your toothache problems that does not require a dental visit or cost you much money. Yes, our instant cure for a toothache is our cocaine toothache drops. Yes, the cure is instantaneous. The price? Only 15 cents for sale by all druggists.
4: And now, back to our story.
1: Well, sir, the evening meal has been over only a little while as we enter the small house halfway up in the next block now. Young Rush Gook has lately departed to attend the first show at the Baijiu Moving Picture Theater, leaving his parents to spend a restful season at home. Vic seems to have made an observation verging on the controversial. for we hear his wife saying with some emphasis,
2: I'm certainly not going to do any marching.
3: No marching is required of you.
2: I don't even want to be involved. Better
3: just leave me out altogether. Well, heck, let me tell you what this is.
2: I'm busy enough without getting mixed up in your lodge stuff.
3: That remark sounds just a shade harsh, Sadie
2: person don't mean to sound harsh, of course, and I'm not belittling your lives the least bit, but I got my own thing I belong to, Thimble Club, and I think you ought to keep your organization separate.
3: You're jumping at frightening conclusions without cause, kiddo. There's nothing alarming in the matter I'm trying to tell you about. Hmm. You won't have to do any marching. You won't have to lift your little finger.
2: You mentioned something about me being on a marching team.
3: If you permit me, I'll explain. Mm. Will you permit me?
2: Go ahead. (laughs) Seems like every other day some darn lodge trash comes along to upset a person.
3: There's no occasion for being upset in the present instance, (laughs) Sadie. All right. This afternoon, I received a long-distance telephone call from H.K. Fleabre. That name is familiar, I trust.
2: Grovelman, South Carolina guy.
3: H.K. Fleber is a consolidated kitchenware official of some importance. H.K. Fleber is also an active and energetic worker in the sacred stars of the Milky Way.
2: He belongs to your all-star marching team. I appreciate who he is. (laughs) What do you want long distance?
3: You titter and guffaw. Why?
2: Oh, I don't know. Every time you come home with stuff about your lodge, it always turns out to be a headache.
3: In that case, perhaps it would be best to change the subject. How's old Lady Harris feeling these days? I hope the continued cold weather in no wise affects her health. I see by the Oh, paper, go ahead.
2: What did what's his name want long distance?
3: What's his name?
2: H. K. Fleber could be in the so touchy.
3: Am I the touchy one? I know more than opened my mouth a minute ago and you jumped down my collar oh. without letting me
2: explain. <laughs> all right, all right. H. K. Fleber called up this afternoon.
3: Yes. He told me about a little idea he'd cooked up.
2: What was his little idea?
3: As you're aware, H.K. Fieber, myself, and eight other members of the Sacred Stars of the Milky Way were recently selected to make up the roster of an honorary organization known as the All-Star Marching Team.
2: Yes, I know all about that. Do you? All I've heard for the last month.
3: Then perhaps you can name me off the personnel of the All-Star Marching Team. Could do it in my sleep. Well, let's Oh, there No, go ahead. Let's hear you.
2: You and H. K. Fleaver. Two. Robert and Hink. Four. Why? flirts? Five. K K K K K K K K K. Somebody.
3: <laughs> you refer to J J J J
2: Yeah. Six. Uh, some man in Detroit.
3: What's his name? Jellyman. Mm, Bellyman. Mm. O X Bellyman.
2: How many's that? Seven. How many altogether? Ten. I guess those seven are all I remember.
3: You said you could name them all off in your sleep.
2: Oh, well, Lance.
3: I, Edson Box, and Harry Fye of Leicester, Nebraska. Homer U. McDansey of East Brain, Oregon.
2: Oh, sure. That McDansey gink.
3: So far, so good. Now, here's what H.K. Fleavers' little idea is mm. he feels it would be a, a fine, appropriate gesture if an organization to be known as the Ladies Auxiliary All Star March. I'm not
2: going to march. You don't
3: have to march. Who said anything about your marching? Forget about marching. Well, that
2: certainly sounds... Would you let a
3: poor half-wit tell me what he's trying to tell?
2: Go ahead, but I'm not going to march.
3: Would you mind handing me the piece of newspaper there by your feet, Sadie? I have not as yet read the financial page. Oh, tell what you want to tell.
2: H.K. Fleaver's going to get up a ladies' auxiliary marching team. Who's going to be on it? Wives of you all-star fellows? Yes. Well?
3: Members of the ladies' auxiliary all-star marching unit serve merely in an honorary capacity. An honorary capacity and nothing more. There will be no necessity for actual marching. Hmm. Do you have that fact fixed in your mind now? Hmm. Do you, or don't you?
2: Yes. Yeah. What next?
3: It is not altogether improbable that we ten fellows, myself, H.K. Fleaver, Robert and J. 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 Stumper... Know.
2: It's not altogether improbable that you ten fellows do what?
3: Get together at some time, or other.
2: Uh-huh.
3: In that event, H.K. Fleaver feels it would be nice to have the ladies' auxiliary in on the celebration.
2: Uh-huh.
3: He feels that if we could ever arrange to assemble for a banquet or a picnic or some such function, it would be most agreeable and charming for all concerned. Hmm. Do you agree? I suppose. All right, then. That's what I had to tell and all I had to tell.
2: I never meant to be mean about it, Vic. Perfectly all right. I'm glad to get included in your nice large trash.
3: Think no more about it.
2: Uh, some of your marching team fellows don't have wives, do they? The
3: majority of them don't have wives.
2: Well, uh, the ladies' auxiliary won't be very large, then. will I?
3: The full complement of members is to be reached in different ways. How you mean? Well, H.K. Fleaver wants ten ladies in the group. Since there aren't ten wives, he plans to augment the roster by having the various fellows provide other persons. Oh? As it happens, only four guys on the all-star marching team are married men.
2: You and H.K. Fleaver and who else?
3: I, Edson Box and Harry Fy. Oh. Leave six lugs who have to provide substitutes.
2: Substitutes? Yes,
3: to make up a quota of ten ladies.
2: Hmm.
3: O.X. Bellerman of Detroit, Michigan, for instance, has a sister. Oh, his sister will be offered membership in the ladies' auxiliary. Uh-huh. Homer U. McDancey of East Brain, Oregon, has only one female relative, his grandmother. Grandmother? Yes. Probably she'll be offered membership in the ladies' auxiliary.
2: How old is Homer U. McDancey?
3: Forty-seven. His
2: grandma, then, must be a pretty elderly lady.
3: In her nineties, I believe, but very active and healthy. I don't imagine she'll want to march much. Said how many times must I tell you there's to be no marching?
2: Well, ladies' auxiliary marching team sticks in a person's noodle, there's marching in connection. Mm-hmm. How about uh, Larry Pye and O. Epson Fox?
3: Harry Fye and I. Edson Bachner.
2: Yeah. What ladies they gonna supply?
3: Harry Fye plans to be married early in the year 1948. His fiancée, Miss Gilly McDermott, will represent him on the ladies' auxiliary...
2: I, Betson Knox.
3: I, Edson Box. How about him? I, Edson Box, has a grown daughter by a previous marriage. I understand her name is to be submitted for membership.
2: Gonna be kind of a mixed-up outfit.
3: In what way?
2: I mean, when we all get together for this dandy picnic, we'll have wives and sisters and sweethearts and grandmothers and daughters and everything else.
3: I see no objections to such an assemblage. Hmm... I wonder if you'd kindly hand me that piece of newspaper there by your foot. I've not as yet read the financial page. Hey, how about think.
2: Robert and Slobbert Hink?
3: Robert and Slobbert Hink? Uh-huh. H.K. Fleaver advised me this afternoon that, being only slightly acquainted around Hoopson, they're unable to provide anybody except their landlady.
2: Their landlady? Yes. Ah! Oh. <laughs> is
3: that funny? Yeah. Very well. It is funny.
2: Is this landlady going to represent Robert and Slobbert both?
3: She will represent Robert. Slobbert will be represented by a cousin of the landlady's now living in China. China? An Oriental nation far across the sea.
2: She won't be able to attend many of our jolly picnics. (laughs) (laughs) No, but actually, I think H.K. Fleber's ladies' auxiliary marching team is a terrible bunch of trash. O.X. Belliman's sister, Homer U. McDancy's grandmother, Harry Fye's sweetheart, I. Epson Fox's daughter, Robert Hink's landlady, Slobber Hink's landlady's cousin in China.
1: <laughs>
2: Seems to me when we spread our picnic lunch out on the grass and everybody helps herself well, to a Sadie. sandwich, it'll be like some crowd of mixed That's
3: up. That's enough, a... hmm? Just forget the whole thing. Hmm.
2: Well, one sure thing, I'm not going to march. CD. What?
3: Kindly hand me that piece of newspaper there by your foot. I have not as yet read the financial page.
1: (laughs) Which concludes another brief interlude at the small house halfway up in the next block.
3: Be sure to lock the door behind
1: you on your way out. Good night.